Thanks for listening to Bearcat Rewind as we are coming up on episode number 73 of the podcast. And our guests today are a pair of Bearcats that have had major impacts across the board when it comes to Northwest Missouri State Athletics. We are welcoming in head athletic trainer Kelly Quinlan and assistant athletic trainer Nick Peters. It's exciting to have these two on the podcast. The only downside is that we're kind of looking back on their careers at Northwest as each are leaving to pursue other opportunities, which we'll dive into that with them once we get the interview actually rolling here. But you just can't say enough about what these two have brought to the table and and the impact that they've had on the student-athletes that they've encountered throughout their time here at Northwest Missouri State. Kelly's a Maryville native. Received her undergrad here, then earned her master's at the University of West Virginia and has been full-time since 2003. Nick received his undergrad from Fort Hayes State, a fellow MIAA institution, then came to Northwest for his master's, had a seasonal internship with the Denver Broncos, but then was right back here in Maryville through this spring 2021 season. So, of course, we credit players and coaches for the wins and the success here. But it couldn't happen without folks like Kelly, Nick, and the rest of the training staff. So we're excited to have these two unsung heroes on the podcast as they wrap up their time here at Northwest Missouri State University. Now, Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And also Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Today's conversation with Kelly Quinlan and Nick Peters highlight these last 12 months battling COVID-19 while getting athletes ready to go, the impact that guys like Dr. Huller and D.C. Colt had on them, and also just some of the moments that will be etched in their minds forever as they wrap up their time here at Northwest Missouri State. Let's dive into this week's episode of Bearcat Rewind. Wrapping up the 2021 season for the spring side of things, we kind of navigated our way through COVID-19 and all those hurdles, the testing, the protocols, everything that came with it, and a couple people that were huge in uh, making all that happen. Head athletic trainer Kaylee Quinlan here at Northwest Missouri State, Nick Peters, assistant athletic trainer as well. We appreciate both of you guys coming on the podcast. Unfortunately, we're kind of here talking about it because you guys are both kind of heading toward different opportunities, but we'll we'll get down to that in a little bit, but first, just the most unusual possible season that we could see, I think, as far as athletics go. What was this like of kind of bouncing everything, figuring out how you're going to approach it, but also getting everybody the work they need within practices and ready for games and preventing injuries, all that goes with it. Uh, Kelly, we'll start with you. Uh, What was the first step? How did you make all this happen and make it a success? I mean, honestly, the first step is what is, you know, the NCAA, what is the MIAA, what does, you know, what is everybody's protocol got to be, you know, and so once we get a protocol together, then it's a matter of figuring out, okay, now how are we going to implement that protocol and how are we going to make it happen? So, and honestly, like if I didn't have the staff I had, I, there's no way. Nick was a huge um, integral part of that, helped so much with all the testing that we had to do um, on a weekly basis. Um, gosh, even more than weekly basis, it seemed like. So um, I think it's just a matter of everybody working together to, to do what's right for the student athlete. So, Well, Nick, you think about it as we, we wrapped up, you know, the 2020 portion, was it? And we wiped out a ton of spring sports. I didn't even get a lot of championships in on that end you kind of see what could be coming for the fall for the 2020-2021 season that we just finished up. I mean, did that feel like there was just so much on your shoulders and that there was going to be a lot falling to you guys to to make sure that 
student athletes were healthy and playing and and uh, getting tested properly. Yeah, I mean it. It was definitely kind of something we saw coming on the horizon. Um, obviously, once they shut everything down there in March, and we were all kind of well. Obviously, none of us had ever been through anything like that before. Um, but yeah, then you start getting closer to the school school year and kind of trying to figure out the pieces and how they're going to fall into place and which sports are going to play and which ones are going to wait and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like what kind of like what Kelly said, just following the NCAA and Division II rules and, and regulations and then the MIAA and when they were going to play, uh, we knew that our spring was going to be very, very busy. Um, so we kind of have somewhat of a heads up. Um, and, and I guess we're fortunate uh, that we were able to complete everything that we were um, and didn't have too many setbacks. So that that was good, seeing the athletes be able to, to compete again. So, And as far as the spring goes... Uh, excuse me, the fall, I should say, outside of, what, two cross-country meets and then men's and women's basketball starting in November, I mean, there was essentially nothing else. Was there hesitation, nerves, additional stress? Not only the cross-country, which you kind of get out there and space out, and that's outdoors, that's a little bit different, but knowing men's and women's basketball were going to be heading to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, did that bring out a little more stress about what was around the corner and, I mean, it Obviously, you can't see it. You can't smell it. It's, it's just one of those things that uh, you don't know when you're going to be exposed to it. What was the feeling like going in? Honestly, it was just, yeah, not knowing. And, and I'm very much a I-need-to-know-what's-going-on kind of person. And so <laughs> so having having that uncertainty was definitely, you know, um, you know, difficult to deal with. But you got through it and you learned, you know, how to manage it. I think one of the stressors that I personally had more than anything was the idea of having every single sport and season in the spring and having to figure out how are we medically going to cover that and is that going to, um, you know, be very difficult in regards to making sure that everybody's taken care of the proper way. You know, so that was probably my bigger stress is just how are we going to manage that because some teams were going to be traveling but we may not have staff to travel with them and we needed um, to make sure they had good coverage so a lot of that took communication with the other institutions and making sure everybody was was going to be covered you know properly but I think that was my biggest stressor was that was just making sure that um, we didn't decrease you know our, our, our how we how we manage our student athletes um, health care that that wasn't limited at all so well, things rearranged a few things rescheduled but for the most part I mean it's as smooth as it could possibly go Things went off throughout that spring and the fall, I should say, uh, going back into 2020 as well. Um, but we make it through. But now we do kind of reach the point to where both of you kind of hit that end portion here at Northwest Missouri State and kind of pursuing some different uh, different endeavors as you head out uh, um, beyond Maryville now. If you guys don't mind, just a little bit of a sneak peek of, of what you guys are uh, heading toward right now and, and kind of what's coming up. If Nick, if you want to start. Yeah, no, I... Uh... I was born and raised on a farm here in central Kansas, and over the past few years, I've kind of felt a calling to go back and help out on the farm and eventually take it over, and I think this this year was as, as good as any to kind of make that jump. Um, it definitely wasn't easy. Um, I worked with, I mean, across the board, the athletic department and the student athletes uh, were unbelievable there at, at Northwest, and 
yeah, no, it was just something that that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when, and this time approached, and it, it felt right. So, yeah, I'm out here in Gossel, Kansas now, um, helping out on the family farm, and um, we'll continue to use my athletic training, uh, just not at the full capacity, 40-plus hours a week, um, that I did, I did at Northwest. So um, it was bittersweet, but I think in the long run I, I made the right decision. So we'll just take it day by day and go from there. But I, w- I sure will miss the grind and the day in, day out of, of athletics. A so. little, little different viewpoint there from taping an ankle to sitting behind the wheel of a tractor. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's something where you go from talking to, meeting, crossing paths with, hundreds of people a day to now it's just my dad and I out here. So uh, there's not near as many conversations uh, with with other people. Um, it's a lot more quiet, which um, isn't bad. Um, it's something that as I get older, I don't mind as much. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a change. So, Well, Kelly, how about yourself? Um, I mean, honestly, I just needed, um, to be with my kids more. I'm just gonna, I mean, COVID, I I never had that. So like I have four kids and, but our lives have always been crazy, just like everyone's. I mean, that's just how life is. I think, I feel like, you know, especially if you have a family. Um, but for me, it was always just, um, I don't want to say that my kids weren't my priority because they always, you know, were number one and I love my family more than anything else, but I had a job to do and I had a lot of other people to take care of as well. And I think being home over COVID, I got more time with them. And then I would go and travel with basketball. And I love basketball. And I love my girls. And I love everything about my job. But I just had this feeling that I just wasn't necessarily supposed to be there. Like I needed to be home more and take some load off of Joe. You know, he's a the best dad and does such a great job picking up whenever I am gone um, in the long hours. But I just needed to needed to be home more. So I think I needed them more than they needed me, <laughs> honestly, because <laughs> they're doing just fine. But <laughs> that's just kind of how I, how I felt. And so um, did a lot of praying about it. And honestly, I just, um, I feel like this was the right year. Something in me was like, you know, they, it's okay for a change. A change is, is okay for me. It's okay for, you know, Northwest Athletics. And, and um, I think it's, it's a good move. So very happy with it. Well, and obviously so good at what you do, and, and, and the players respond to both of you as, uh, so much as well. But, you know, with a growing family like that and everyone's so active, I would imagine once you kind of bring that up to Joe for the first time, it's it's maybe not a shock or maybe doesn't, like, you know, make his jaw drop. It's kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I could completely understand and, and still a hard conversation to have, though. Yeah, a hard conversation, but he was on board. He got it. Like, he, I mean, I think that both of us just had so much, you know, going on that we just needed to breathe a little bit. And so, um, and, and again, I, I have zero regrets. I have loved every minute of being an athletic trainer for Northwest Missouri State. And, um, and I'm not leaving with any negative feelings at all. This is all 100% um, positive on all ends. So, um, so yeah, I just know that it's the time. And um, I don't quite know what the future holds. I'm still in me, I still have to feel like I need to take care of people in some way. So we'll figure it out. I don't know where that's going to be or how that's going to roll, but um, I still, uh, I just need to probably not have as much, um, you know, hours in the nights and the weekends, you know what I mean? And so I I just need a little more flexibility, I think right now. So 
I always have different aches and pains at all. Call you or text you back. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Nick, for you, I mean, as you're going through, obviously another unprecedented run for Northwest Missouri State men's basketball with the last, what, five, six years. They've been unbelievable. Is there any point when you kind of get into the overtime win over Northern State or going in just routing everybody in the national um, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals championship that you kind of sit back and you're like, Maybe I should stick around. Maybe, this is a lot of fun. I mean, that, that has to be kind of hard, too. Yeah, no, it, like I said, in basketball and with volleyball team, I mean, they were, both teams were just, I mean, about as good as you can get. Obviously, men's basketball won the national title. and But, yeah, there at Northern State, I was sitting on the bench, and I was looking down, kind of like expecting that to be my last game there with about two minutes to go. And I go, well, I guess this is how it ends. I, was saying, I didn't say that to anybody out loud, but <laughs> I was thinking it. And I told Coach Mack that, and for a while there, he probably was thinking it too. But, yeah, then they came back and obviously won that in overtime. And, yeah, it was it was surreal. And then, obviously, once we get, get to the Elite Eight, um, we were about as focused and determined as, as any team I've been around. Um, they came to play, and obviously that showed, and nothing against the teams that we did play, but um, we were lucky, our conference, being able to play that full season, um, well, as close to a full season as normal. I think that really helps. So it wasn't just like, like I said, it wasn't extremely easy just to walk away because both teams that I work with, volleyball and men's basketball, next year, I mean, sky's the limit, so... We'll see what happens, but I'll be there on the other side of the court cheering them on, so it'll be fun. They can find you a seat on the bench, can't they? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I could probably sneak on if I need to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so we look back at Northwest Missouri State and the the medical professionals, the trainers, the doctors that we've had. I mean, it's been a very... um, it's it's been a group that's been around a lot. Um, I told you guys both in a text last night that I don't think of Northwest Athletics and can't think of you two not being around there because Kelly, you were, you've been full time since '03. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. And Nick, you were just you came here for your masters in what '08 or '09? Is that right? '08. Yep. 08. I came in fall of '08. So I was just a sophomore in school, so I haven't known the Bearcats <laughs> without you two around, really. So. It's such a major change, but prior to that, obviously, D.C. Colt was here for so long and made such an impact, an M-Club Hall of Famer. Um, Dr. Haar is still at uh, so many basketball games, sitting on the bench and and, um, on the sideline for football and volleyball and every event he could possibly get to. What impacts do folks like that um, have on you guys and kind of help mold you? And and heck, even for you, Nick, um, Kelly, helping to mold you as you kind of go throughout your, your professional career. I mean, I have to imagine that those guys have been such huge role models for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I pretty much owe my entire career, right, to D.C., and um, and that includes Dr. Har, and that includes Dr. Wilmis as well. I mean, both of those docs um, have really helped me grow, and 
DC gave me every opportunity I've ever been given. You know, he was a head athletic trainer for 27 years here at Northwest and um, somebody that I um, look up to in so many ways, not just as an athletic trainer. And he just, he really taught about service, like that this profession is a service profession and that's what we're here for, is to serve others. And, and he really stressed that to us as students. Um, and then, you know, for him to trust me to, you know, as a student to, you know, work with football as an undergrad a couple different years and to, you know, hire me right out of grad school and, and hand football off to me after one year and then leave me in five years. And I was, no, I'm just kidding. And, and just to have the faith in me um, that I could, could do this job. And so I, I'm more than grateful to him, and I don't think I can really, words can't express how grateful I am. Um, but, you know, Dr. Har, I mean, he is, you know, he's a Hall of Famer also, right? And he's like, um, you know, true Bearcat. I mean, I don't know if, if there's anyone else that's as strong of a Bearcat fan as, as Dr. Dr. Har. So i um, just grateful for them and all that they've done for me um, and my staff, and I really couldn't do anything without them. So I'm just very grateful. That's how I feel, really, um, about my path is just being very grateful to all those people that mentored me and, and guided me. So. And Nick, for you, going from Fort Hayes to, to Northwest and um, deciding to stick around for quite a while, which we're happy that you did. I mean, I, I'd have to imagine that uh, these guys, as well as Kelly, really making a big impact for you, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like you said, I came uh, from Fort Hayes in 2008. I moved to Maryville, and I didn't know a soul. I mean, I knew of, I mean, I met Kelly a few times, interviewed. D.C. hired me as a GA and then left because he probably didn't want to deal with me. <laughs> uh, but no, um, yeah, so my first year as a GA was Kelly's first year as, as head athletic trainer. And obviously those two years as a GA were great. Um, I got to work a lot of different sports, went to football national titles um, both years, um, and then my the next the following year, I um, one of the GAs that was at Northwest that was supposed to come back for his second year got a full time job. So there was a last minute opening as a as a GA, and they couldn't find anybody, and I couldn't find anybody either to hire me full time. So I came back for a third year. Um, and basically worked as a part-time assistant. I didn't go to school or anything, but worked like a like a GA would. And then, yeah, I obviously I loved every minute of it, and got an opportunity to go work for the Denver Broncos for a year as a seasonal intern. That was right after the lockout ended back in 2011. Worked there for a year and was planning to go back for a second year there. And I got a call from Kelly saying, hey, we're going to have a full-time position open, um, working with men's basketball. Back then it was just me and her. There was only two full-timers and four GAs. So when I applied for that and ended up getting it, I mean, the rest is kind of history. It was my dream job, and I got to work. I mean, Coach Mack was, was calling me as soon as I got it, and, I mean, the rest is kind of history. It was it was perfect, um, and I extremely glad I I made the moves I did, and I got to work alongside Kelly for almost ten years. So um, she we always joked that if she would have left earlier, so would have I. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she's the best boss I ever had, and 
I I can't imagine working for anybody else. So, no, it was it was great. Um, I learned a lot, and obviously all the alumni um, is a very very close knit group that goes all the way back to Bud Tice, uh, Sandy Miller. I mean, those guys, those are also Hall of Famers. Um, and then obviously DC comes around a lot. So met a lot of really, really great people and we'll continue to keep in touch with them, uh, down the road. So yeah, well, it's been great. You mentioned that it was just you and Kelly full-time there for a while, and, and that staff has grown as it should, and, and so many hours have you put in now, even with a, a little bit of a larger staff. But I think that's one thing that people don't necessarily think about is maybe we see on game day sitting next to the team or roaming a sideline and, and um, you know, heaven forbid if there's an injury or out there. But outside of that, people think about well, the coaches and players are out there playing and, and practicing and, and involved in film and all this. You guys put in so much work behind the scenes that nobody sees that what's happening on the field and the court with Northwest Missouri State wouldn't be happening without your crew. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, the, we're the first ones there and usually the last ones to leave. I mean, unless the coaches need to watch film or something after practice, you know what I mean? We're, we're there, and, um, I mean, it, just, it is, you know, it's what you love, though. You know, you want to make sure you're there to take care of everybody. And so we, um, it just, it's a profession that you, you choose. I, I always make a joke that, like, when somebody comes to me and they say, oh, I, I want to do what you do. You know what I mean? You get to be on the sideline with the team and, you know, this and that. I'm like, yeah, I, I call it, like, a sexy profession, right? It looks really, <laughs> really good because we travel with the teams. We're on the sideline. We're in it where you know everything i was like i said but i said you gotta you gotta love what you do to do this job because because the hours you put in because of the stressors because there are you know obviously injuries not fun and so there's not always you know the hype and the and the fun game days you know there are some stressful times to it so you really gotta love what you're doing to do this profession but it is there's it's very fulfilling as well so the relationships that you get to build with the athletes and the coaches and the staff and your own staff i mean it's it's pretty awesome so well you guys do get a look um behind the scenes that that essentially nobody else does that's not you know again suiting up or coaching when you look at northwest missouri state in the success the championships the conference championships um the programs on the rise is there an x factor is there something you could put your finger on that can kind of explain why why some athletic departments just they just struggle and it's difficult and i'm not going to say it's not hard at northwest but the work is put in to reach a certain level of excellence that's expected day in and day out. Is there anything you guys kind of think about, well, we're putting this in the water, or there's just this X factor um, going around? I know culture's thrown, thrown around a lot, but just something different around here. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't worked in the collegiate setting anywhere else, so it's hard for me to really say. Um, but just I think our athletes, um are held to a higher standard um for the most part across the board um from our coaches um athletic staff so on so on our strength and conditioning staff does an unbelievable job um and then that also leads to i mean during the summers our athletes like i said compared to a lot of other division two universities our size the number of athletes that are there all summer long. Working with Joe and his staff, I don't think it even comes, I don't think there's anybody else even close, um, and that's huge. When you're doing so many things, tough things, hard things together as a team, um, that's just going to absolutely pave the way when 
the end of the season rolls around, when when postseason rolls around, um, when the aches and pains start start uh, coming in a little quicker, and you're not recovering as fast. But I mean, you've your body's been through it before. Um, so I, I saw a tweet or something the other day that, that sports are tough, and uh, so should the training. Um, and you basically you you fall back on the level of training when that you've you've competed at um when things get tough so i mean there's a lot of different things we obviously the great coaches and and strength staff and then obviously our staff when people do get injured our communication um our team physicians it's kind of one big machine and without one part of it it doesn't work very well so um that's my opinion. Like I said, I haven't been out and experienced a lot of other places, but from what I gather, that's kind of what I've put together. Well, I know Kelly actually worked Division One briefly as a GA at West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a high school. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so don't worry. It was a different Hey, that, yeah, either way. <laughs> but whenever you look to pinpoint, I mean, it's still, I mean, kind of similar thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean, Nick, that was spot on. Um, great, great answer. I, I mean, I would honestly, yeah, just echo whatever Nick said because we just have people that they're winners, you know what I mean, and, and they want to work really hard, and then they recruit good kids. You know, they recruit kids that want to work and are willing to work, and I think that's a huge, huge part of part of why, our, you know, a lot of our teams are successful is because of, you know, the recruiting process and what they look for um, because y- you can't just – force somebody to be you know to have strong work ethic you know they either have it or they don't you know what I mean and and we're bringing in kids that are just really really solid and you know and hard workers and that's a big piece and then obviously leading by example you know um and the coaches you know not just talking the talk but walking the walk I mean that's a big part of it too um and I think but like Nick said I, I really think it comes down to the coach the strength conditioning the athletic training everybody working together as a team you know if you've got this team that's strong then your team's going to see that and they're going to be like okay well I'm going to work hard for you as a coach or you as a strength coach or you as an athletic trainer because you care right and so because that care factor um, I think is a big piece and again I haven't been in other institutions as well this is my only <laughs> one um really and so um you know I can't speak for everyone else or whatever but I just feel like um, I, I do feel like it's not the same everywhere else. I feel like this is a really special place. So and This is the only place you need to be to see that's it, right? right. That's, that's right. right. So you two have seen a lot of wins over the years. I think mm-hmm. that's safe to say, right? Um, every time the Bearcats take the field, the court, wherever they're playing, it's something different. You know, you never know what you might see. Outside of national championships, because that's kind of the easy one, right? Is there certain games, certain moments, breakout performances that – kind of pop up in your mind, something that's kind of etched in your mind forever to where you kind of think back of, man, I remember when Andy Peterson hit this shot or um, whatever it might be. Well, Andy's probably not <laughs> he listening, did a so lot it's of okay. Those shots. <laughs> the ones he made, Kelly. No, 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 Best athlete. He's probably the most athletic, seriously, athlete that we've had here at Northwest. He's athletic. Have you seen Joe Quinlan? <laughs> Joe Quinlan was a great linebacker. <laughs> He's athletic, too. I'll give him that. Yeah. And Colin McDonough's a great second baseman in slow-pitch softball. Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick, what, especially recently, you've seen a lot. Anything certain pop in your head? Um, well, yeah, I guess if you're excluding the, the obvious mountaintop experiences of national titles, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I've, I mean, even going back to my my – GA years and whatnot. I mean, there's 
there I worked with uh, the women's basketball team that went to the Final Four, and there were some big games. I remember a home game versus Washburn, who was highly ranked. Um, some big shots in there, and until the regional game in 2017, that was the loudest I'd ever heard Bearcat Arena. So, I mean, it was back then there it was packed and there was some volleyball games again against washburn they were number two in the nation when i was i believe in 2009 or 10 and we beat them in five sets and they were supposed to easily beat us but that there happened to be a sellout crowd we had a great promotion that night um i mean there's a lot of obviously the northern state game this year was unreal um i don't know there's winning on the road is always fun um, anytime you win in a tough place on the road, um, like up at Sioux Falls against Augustana, that was a huge, I mean, that was unreal. That The year, I believe it was 2015, because I think in 16 they won it. So we beat them the year before, and they were, they were really good. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. And then this year, volleyball beating uh unk at home sweeping them i mean that's not easy to do that was that was pretty fun so um yeah i mean those are some but i mean there's a lot there's you start thinking about and i'm sure i've forgotten a lot too but those are some of the the crazy ones so the, the great part about a lot of those games too especially basketball whenever they'll put radio right next to the bench is that you two are so calm and collected and just, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, though, you're you're very reserved people 98% of the time, but, boy, once there's a big moment or something or that shot goes down, you two, <laughs> you two are probably the loudest two in the arena. So <laughs> You've never gotten kicked out of a game, though, Nick, have you? No, I've never. Did you? No, no, I didn't. Um, no, Docs no. almost have, but um, no. But one time, Stein, speaking of, you know, we talked about Stein earlier, he would always say that, you know, he'd get get upset about a play, and he'd always say, you know, I talked to my athletic trainer, and we don't agree, we don't agree with you. You know, and so he'd always say that every time, you know, a play was bad or something. He's like, Kelly and I consulted, and we think you're wrong. You know? I was like, okay, okay, keep me out of this. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, since you brought up Coach Steinmeier, um, <laughs> Don't want to pick on any current coaches. You know, we'll, we'll leave them out of it for now. But are there any really good stories that pop into mind? You think of a Gene Steinmeier, a Steve Tatmeyer, a Mel Churchma. I'll throw a Mark Rosewell out there. He's current, but everybody has a Rosie story. So is any good stories, moments like that that kind of pop in your head? Oh, gosh, I feel like I have one for each of them. Um, I'll say, you know, Stein. I mean, Stein is Stein. He's awesome. I used to actually have a notebook in my kit because he would have the craziest quotes, and I would, like, write him down. I had, like, a notebook I gave him at the <laughs> end of my time working with him. I was like, here you go. you got to see this. <laughs> that like, should be scared. his next book to publish. <laughs> I know, right? No doubt. No, he he had some funny ones. Um, you know, Rosie. Rosie's so – oh, my gosh. He's always – he's pretty chill, doesn't say much, you know, but he get. He gets worked up. You don't want to mess with Rosie. So, <laughs> but it's funny. I actually texted him today because he got coach of the year, you know, and I said, Hey, congrats. Actually, I consider you coach of the century. He's like, Oh, Kelly. <laughs> no, but, um, I don't know. I don't know about great stories. I just, they all, they're all awesome in their own way, man. That's for sure. <laughs> Nick, do you have anything that pops in your mind that you can um, you share? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. nothing, nothing great. I guess the one thing that, I guess Rosie is notorious for is 
he'll show up at a road game in Edmond, Oklahoma, on a Thursday night, and you have no idea he's supposed to be there until he starts yelling out your name. Uh, that's happened a few times. It's he he'll he'll come to games that a lot of people don't come to, and it's it's pretty impressive. But no, I don't I don't have any at least that come to. I'm sure as soon as this we get off the phone, I'll have a I'll have a story or two that I remember. But right off the top of my head, no, I don't have any anything too juicy or good right now. So <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that about Rosie though, because I think it was I think it was the previous year playing at Lincoln in basketball on a, uh, I think it was like a Thursday night in December. And uh, we looked up across the way because we were sitting on the floor for the radio broadcast, and Rosie had moseyed in like just as the men's game was starting. <laughs> and then we looked up a little bit later with five minutes left in the first half, and he was gone. Northwest was up at like 20, I think, at that point, And he's like, I'd seen what I'd seen. And <laughs> just headed out. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we wrap up here, we really appreciate you guys uh, coming on the podcast, talking with us. I took 30 minutes already. I could have taken the 30. I've got a lot more. I'm not going to drag you down and, and make you wait for that. But uh, honestly, appreciate you guys coming on the program, as well as uh, everything you've done for Northwest Athletics and everything you've done for uh, John Cock and myself here on the Bearcat Radio side as well. It's always, it's always fun running into you guys at home, on the road, wherever, and, and uh, taking care of our student-athletes. So um, we really appreciate it and looking forward to what you have uh, coming up in the future. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate it, too. Very much. Thanks again to Kelly Quinlan and Nick Peters for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Those two, a couple of the best when it comes to athletic trainers and also just high-character individuals, great people. So pleased to have them at Northwest for so long and so grateful they could come on the podcast with us here today. If you haven't heard some of our previous podcasts, be sure to check those out. We had Bailey Blake, a Northwest Missouri State freshman, on the track and field team just last week. Two weeks ago, it was national champion Heba Magoob. She won the 200 at the Outdoor Track and Field National Championships in Michigan, so check out those podcast episodes. A special thanks to Northwest Missouri State Professor Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro music, and thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.